Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe I back. just want somebody to share my life with. Somebody doesn't need to love dogs. They just need to love your specific dog. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another great episode of season nine of the Dates and Mates podcast. I'm your host and certified dating coach, Damona Hoffman. Welcome to all those who heard me last week on Life Kit on NPR. I am here to get you straightened out in love, whatever your romantic dilemma is. So today I'm asking the question, are your deal breakers really all that important? I always say you get three must-have qualities on your list of things that you want in a partner, but some of y'all need a little reminder as to what that really means. So my guest today is Lisa Bonos. She is the dating and relationships reporter at The Washington Post, and she has her finger on the pulse of the American dating scene. The heartbeat, as she says it. Sorry. And as if that was not corny enough, there's more. I've got a meaty dish for all of you dating science nerds. And you know, I am the nerdiest dating scientists of them all. Survey says this is the number one insecurity that keeps people from dating in the last year. And how long does it take to fall in love? I get this question all the time, but now science finally gives us the answer. Then in Dear Demona, I will tackle your questions, including you're kicking your crappy ex to the curb. So is it okay to ghost him? And a little more of you to love post-pandemic. Which dating apps will you be most comfortable on? Lovers, are you ready for this one? Then let's dish. D's Dating Dish. Yahoo Finance published a new survey that finds Americans may have missed out on dating, parties, school, and work simply because of what? Acne. Many say their self-confidence has taken a hit after a year of hiding behind screens, filters, and masks. Now, first, I just want to own that this piece was clearly advertorial for an acne solution. But there was something really interesting in the data and in the survey that one poll conducted on behalf of this brand. They talked to 2,000 people between the ages of 18 and 55, and a quarter of them said that they had canceled a date because of a breakout or blemish. And, you know, it's funny. We don't really talk about that much on Dates and Mates, but so many people have been hibernating or 
have been walking around with masks and double masks and triple masks and like the whole Naomi Campbell, like hazmat suit. Right. I mean, that was me, certainly when I was traveling last week. But the effect of those things, aside from not getting covid, which is a total plus, can be that they can disrupt your skin. And when you don't feel confident, you can't date your best. The Cleveland Clinic even put out an article recently that said maskne is real. You, you guys heard this term before, maskne? It's like acne from your mask. So they said to be careful about fabrics. Like you might have bought a mask that has a certain fabric that doesn't agree with your skin. You got to be careful with sunscreen and how much oil or product you're putting underneath the mask that it's getting trapped under the mask. And you know, I'm super guilty of this one. Recycling old masks. I'm so sorry. Don't judge me. Please don't judge me. I know. But <laughs> you know, those disposable masks, they're called disposable masks because you're actually only supposed to wear them once. Isn't that weird? <laughs> and you know, the cloth masks, you're actually supposed to wash them. So definitely still wear the mask, but like maybe we can reframe how we think about it to continue to be confident on dates. Cause I don't want you out here canceling a quarter of your dates because, you know, you have a little pimple or, you know, something that makes you feel like you're not looking your best. And I actually have incorporated skincare into my self-care routine. We've been talking about self-care a lot on the show in this last year. And for me, yeah, it takes another 10 minutes, 10 minutes that I really would rather just like just get in bed and not deal with it. But it's part of how I regroup when I'm doing my self-care routine. I'm cleansing from the day while I'm also cleansing my face and putting on my products and all that. And I'm not going to get here and like tell you, I'm not going to tell you which products that I use. Ain't nobody paying for that. <laughs> but for me, I have noticed a difference in when I step up and take care of myself, how I feel much more confident and more able to take care of others and to show up for others in my life. So that's a little vote for doing your self-care. But I got to tell you about another survey about how long it takes to fall in love. This is honestly one of the most asked questions. People are like, how long should I date before I expect exclusivity? How long before we fall in love? How long before we get married? Everybody wants timelines and everyone is on a different timeline. So as soon as I say, well, most of my clients will sleep with their their significant other between dates five and eight, which is true. Or I say, well, most of my clients are usually dating someone for about six to 12 weeks before they ask for exclusivity. Also true. But I'm always careful about giving timelines because I do know it's always different. And I can teach the rule. I can't teach you the exception. The exception is these outliers, whirlwind, super fast romances. But Slow love, slow love, slow love. So how long does it take? I know you want a number. You're sitting here on the edge of your seats. Like, just tell me, Demona, how many days does it take? Well, the study from YouGov said the average time for men to fall in love is 88 days. The average time for women is 134 days, which makes a dating science nerd like me say, why the big difference? Why does it take women so much longer to fall in love. And I think it's because we're in our heads a lot. We're thinking about a lot of different factors. And people have been trying to answer this question for the longest time. Elite Singles, the dating site, 
did a poll in 2017. They said that 61% of women believe in love at first sight and 72% of men do. And I, I don't know how long you've been listening to Dates and Mates, but Damona Hoffman does not believe in love at first sight. I actually believe that love at first sight is a liar. Chemistry will lie to you every time. It will look you in the eyes. It will make you feel like you're the only one. And then it will drop you like a ton of bricks because what you're responding to is not love at first sight. How can you love someone you just met? You don't even know them. You are falling for lust at first sight. You are falling for chemistry, initial attraction. But there's so much more beneath that. And even as we get into different orientations and gender identities, there is a wide range of love and commitment because if traditional gender roles don't apply to you, then rules on things like timelines certainly shouldn't apply to you either. I don't think it should apply to anyone. I think you got to practice slow love. Take your time getting to know someone and peel the onion slowly because I don't want to see you crying, crying over the sink in the end. All right. Those are the headlines of the week. When we come back, I cannot wait to introduce you to Lisa Bonos from The Washington Post. But before we go, if you haven't heard already, I do have a Patreon group that's for my super friends, super fans who want a little bit more support and love. And if you are looking for a community of daters and behind the scenes insights from me, then you are the perfect person to become one of my friends with benefits on Patreon. You can check it out at patreon.com slash dates and mates. It'll tell you all the things you get. Some highlights are that you can join a private Facebook group with me where you can chat with other listeners of the show. And I do a weekly Facebook live so I can answer your specific questions in a live Q&A every week. Also, you get a 10% discount on all of my online programs and access to early bird enrollment. And early birds, spoiler alert, I have an announcement coming about a new program next week. So if you want to get in on the know and you want to get that 10% discount and all the other goodies I talked about, check us out at patreon.com slash dates and mates. All right, Lisa Bonos is coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. I'm here with Lisa Bonos. You've probably read an article that she has written in the Washington Post. She has been a reporter there since 2005. She's written for a long time about matters of the heart. And now I can't wait to introduce her here on Dates and Mates. Please help me give big smooches to the one and only Lisa Bonos. Thanks for having me. I am so glad that you are here because you've been covering, as you say, the heartbeat <laughs> for a long time. And this has been a weird year, has it not? It's been incredibly strange. Yes. And how many years has it been <laughs> at this point? 
in the pandemic. It's been, I feel like so much has changed. Yeah, in, in pandemic years, 17. Okay, so let's talk about what's changed. First of all, you did an amazing, amazing article about the current state of affairs just last month and how to date after a pandemic. A lot of our listeners are coming to this place now where like, it's kind of like my workout routine, Lisa. I was like, you know what? I'll just get in shape after the pandemic. Like, I'll just deal with that later. And then I was like, "Mm," by about last fall, I thought, oh, maybe there is no later and maybe I should just get on a treadmill. (laughs) So a lot of people are stepping on the the treadmill of dating, right? (laughs) Yes. And I did the same thing with fitness too. I was like, I'm just going to walk. That's what we're doing now. We're doing walks. (laughs) So I'm walking and pretty much that's all I've done is just a lot of walking. Okay, well, we're right there together. Maybe we can be like workout buddies. But people are saying, I can't wait until the pandemic is over to date and I have to do it semi-safely. What are some of the things that are a thing now? Right. Well, it's so funny, too, because I wrote this article a month ago. And I think even since then, it's like things are changing all the time because the variants are getting stronger and scarier. And also anything that I have in here might be different than what somebody else feels comfortable doing. And and that's part of the whole pandemic dating situation is you kind of decide what you're comfortable with and then you're meeting somebody else and talk to them about what they're comfortable with and if you can find a place that you can that you're both comfortable then you can date but sometimes things are not getting off the ground because you one person wants to meet in person and the other immediately and the other person doesn't and that's your jailbreaker right away but yes virtual dates are still happening oh yeah i think they're especially common if people aren't like in the same city right? Like we're still seeing long distance stuff, people being more open to, I like love to hear your take on that. But I think that's like been a good move from the pandemic, pre pandemic. I feel like often daters are like, Oh, I don't want to consider somebody who's more than an hour away. And then the pandemic, everybody was out many hours away, right? That opened up a lot of possibilities. Right. Yeah. At OkCupid, we're definitely seeing that data that people are now They're more searching based on values, which is also something that you noted in the article. They're more willing to travel for a date who matches their values than to date just based on, I would say, old criteria. Like, I would be fighting with clients to expand beyond 10 miles from their home. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I would have been one of those clients. (laughs) Pre-pandemic, my ideal partner lived in my neighborhood or within a mile walking. I don't have a car. When I lived in DC, I didn't want to spend any time in Virginia. That's a real thing that people are opposed to. And (laughs) it was limiting. I'm sure it was limiting. Yes, that is a real thing. And as you know, I write for Date Lab, but I live in LA. So I know what LA geography is, but a lot of times, you know, I'd be looking at Date Lab applications and you know my editor would be like oh we can't match these people because (laughs) this person's in Virginia and this person's in the district and I it's a real thing it is but to give you like an LA geography analogy for that that's sort of like someone in Manhattan Beach saying they won't consider someone in Culver City (laughs) (laughs) yeah because I was gonna say as an East Sider, I'm thinking that's still West Side. <laughs> Maybe we're overthinking. But this was like always my experience of trying to get people to expand their criteria. 
And the things that we have on our list, like my husband was just telling me about his best friend is in a relationship now after divorce. He met this woman on a dating app and she put photos of her cats on the dating app. As many of my listeners know, I'm like, put what's important to you on your profile. And if it's a deal breaker that he doesn't like cats, you better use your cats because he needs to know that. Also, dudes just be matching based on whether they think you're cute or not. I don't know if he just missed the cats or just didn't care about the cats, but they're dating about a month. And then he was like, oh, I'm very allergic to cats. Mm. (laughs) And I thought if that had really been a deal breaker, they wouldn't still be here today. So I have a friend. She had one cat and she started dating a guy slightly pre-pandemic and he is very allergic to cats and they made it work for a while with the cat and then eventually she did give the cat to a friend rehomed the cat kept the boyfriend they're really happy together also the cat passed away recently so no longer an issue i'm also not a cat person so you can tell in my my voice i'm like i don't really care about these (laughs) i care more about these two (laughs) than their cats Well, I was thinking about, because I'm a dog person, and I was like, would I give up my dog for love? And the answer that came to me was, it depends on which dog. (laughs) 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 It depends on what your values are, like what really is important at the core of your being. Like even cats, being a cat person or a dog person maybe something that's changeable. Right. Even though I did just report last week that the use of the word dogs in OkCupid does on OkCupid does help your profile do better. But I'm thinking maybe it's too much information and maybe that doesn't add up to a value. I don't know that it's a value. One, I don't remember who said this. It was somebody really famous that I'm not sure if they're in the dating space or somewhere else. Sorry, my brain is free copy here. <laughs> but they said like, Somebody doesn't need to love dogs. They just need to love your specific dog. Some of these things, they're not necessarily changeable, but I think there's room for growth or adjustment. Good point. One part of the article that especially stood out to me, not just because Logan Yuri was our last guest, but because I totally agree about being curious about your date. Like I often talk about the curiosity comment or like leaving threads that someone can be curious about and pick up on. Mm -hmm. And I love how Logan says it, be interested, not interesting. Is that something that you think has had more significance since the pandemic? Has anything changed in that or is that a constant? I think what's changed is that our lives in the past year and a half have not been all that interesting. If you've been taking things safely and spending a lot of time at home and keeping your circle small. I mean, you might've had like devastating things happen to you, or maybe some good things happened to you during the pandemic, but like life has not been super interesting since March, 2020, rather than getting hung up on that, just being interested and curious in another person. It's like a better way to be in conversation. I actually went on a date, a couple dates with somebody around the time that Logan and I had this conversation. I didn't get the sense that he was interested in me. It was because of our conversation. It was just like an information exchange. He would ask me a question. I would respond. And then he would give me like, oh, yeah, for me, blah, blah, blah. You know, rather than digging in and wanting to know more about, well, why do you feel that way? Or can you tell me more about that? Or as a journalist, I always want to know 
what's behind someone's answers about something and how they think about the world and and see things. And it really made it hard for me to feel connected to him or just this information exchange, which I think is like the interesting part of being interesting rather than interested. And it always frustrates me as a dater too, when I get away from a date and I'm like, wow, that person is not interested in me at all. And then they ask for a second date and (laughs) I'm so confused. And I think they just, there's a lack of self-awareness in realizing that. And I'm curious what you think about this. Does that problem, does it stem from dating apps where you have this profile where you're supposed to show like, I am interesting, right? It's hard to come off in a dating profile. Like I'm someone who's interested in you, right? It's just information about yourself, your best photos, your best little anecdotes about your life. And so then you show up on a date and you're still kind of performing that dating app profile persona when you should just be sitting down with the other person and like getting to know them and letting that unfurl in the natural way that it does. I feel like it's everything. I think the speed of dating has increased dramatically. And I think dating apps certainly were a main cause for that. So I think it's not so much the dating app, but it's that dating app sort of shifted culture. And now everything is disposable. Like, I love that you also mentioned in the article that follow up is really (laughs) important. I have this dating funnel of like, okay, how do you how to fix your dating life? If there's one step in this five step process that is not shored up, you need to fix it and then your love life will flow Mm. and follow-up is the last one and I said it's actually a blind spot for a lot of people and they don't realize that they're not closing the loop on connections that aren't going to be the right one for them ghosting was a huge epidemic before the pandemic and I feel like now that we are waiting longer and longer to meet in person people are even more disposable they're even more of just an a name or an icon in your phone Mm. And so I'm trying to get people to really engage with one another because the story you told is just we're just trading stories and he's trying to say all the things that he think would impress you and shortcut. That's the thing. We're like all looking for shortcuts because we want it to be faster and we want to get to the next phase. But the interesting part to me is in that exchange. And it sounds like that's what you're missing and what some of the folks that Logan works with are missing too. And like on the follow-up piece too, I mean, another reason that I think that's so important is first of all, most of us for the pandemic, our circles have been pretty small. We're probably only seeing a few people Mm -hmm. in person, especially if you're not dating and if you're getting back out there and starting to date now, it's difficult and taxing to open yourself up to a new person and try to put yourself out there emotionally and try to feel out if you have something and then you go through that and then you don't follow up to say, Hey, I didn't think we're a match or I'd love to see you again or anything in between. And it's why did I, what just happened here? You know, you just kind of like want, I don't know if closure is the right word, but something honoring what the two of you have just done and embarked on. Cause even if it was just one date, you're still like, like general respect yeah, as a human. <laughs> right. I've got, yeah. Yeah, even if it's one tight. Yeah. I got like a really super thoughtful 
text recently after our first date that was like, I don't think we're a match, but like, I'd love to be friends and all these, he had these really nice things to say. It was not canned. It was like, I can tell that you are a really strong person who like knows it's what she wants and like all this stuff. And I was like, wow, he saw things that I was like, I didn't even know I was projecting that. It was super nice. I also was on the same page about us and would totally be interested in being friends with him. I mean, obviously a message like that lands differently when you guys are kind of both on the same page and you could say if two people don't want to date each other again, they don't want to go on a second date. Why even send that follow up? But I think it still felt good to me because I knew that we were on the same page. Yeah. And I think we have a finite amount of energy too. And so when you keep those threads open, like the door's always open, you're not really sure, you felt like there wasn't a vibe or you're wondering, did he stop calling me because I stopped calling him? It's not worth it. We have to conserve our energy. So much of our energy now is going towards survival and (laughs) work. And that's another thing I really wanted to talk to you about. Workplace romance is something you also, you hinted at not talking about work on first dates in the the first article we were discussing. But I'll be honest, I've taken a pretty hard line against workplace romance in the past on the show. But we're in a whole new paradigm, Lisa. Yeah, I And mean, you're seeing that coworkers are still hooking up. Yes. And I also take a hard, used to take a hard line against them. And I mean, I, I've seen so many journalists date each other and a lot of them marry each other. Sometimes it does not work no, out. Tell us. <laughs> I mean, it's the beans. The marriages are public, right? Like the relationships that ended badly are the things that you <laughs> want to avoid. And those are the beans that mm-hmm. I will not spill. But what I found when I started talking to people, because I just had a feeling that, that this was happening. The thing generally pre-pandemic where coworkers would end up dating each other it was like because somebody was just there you'd cultivate this familiarity with someone maybe you would get coffee or lunch often or they were like on your walk to the bathroom and so you would just suddenly find yourself attracted to this person that was always there and now that our colleagues are not in the next cubicle over, I figured, oh, there'd be less of this going on. But actually, remote work has diffused a lot of the landmines that used to surround office romance. And that sort of distance that we all have from the workplace has actually allowed more relationships to blossom. Because you think about it, if you are going to lunch with the same person every day in the office, people are going to gossip about you before you guys have probably even gone on a date right? Like the gossip precedes Mm. oftentimes, especially in a newsroom, the gossip precedes any action. (laughs) If you are away from those prying eyes, you can feel free to pursue a connection that's already naturally there. Well, and there's also this, there's this added element I just wanted to acknowledge of people who didn't know that they were co-workers because if you started a job in the last year and a half and you're in a distributed COVID safe workforce, Like you literally might not even realize that person would have an office across the hall from you. Right. And that's crazy to me to think that you could be dating a coworker and not even realize it. Oh, that's funny. Also, I spoke to somebody for this story where he met a woman on a dating app and then and they were not coworkers and then he got a new job during the pandemic and suddenly they were coworkers, but they didn't see each other in the office. And that was just like funny to me. And then they ended up breaking up but they haven't had to go back into the office yet. They broke up in July and they're not even going back until February. So by the time they go back, first of all, will they both still be in that 
job. I don't know. And second, they might be dating months into dating somebody new by now. I think that awkwardness of if we dated and it didn't go well and I'd have to see this person every day or several times a week. Now that risk is less if you are not, if you are working from home, you don't have, you don't worry so much about it not working out. That's a good point. The emotional toll of if it doesn't go well, then you have to continue to work with this person. I would say that is one of the primary reasons why I don't recommend office romance. But then there's also this element of the hierarchy or like reporting structure and I come from corporate media where they're like, never don't date a coworker. And if you do, you must disclose it. I'm sure you went to that training too. (laughs) The Washington Post. If you date a coworker who's in your state, well, you have to disclose it, but like you can't date anyone to whom you report or who reports to you. Yeah. One, is that still a thing? And two, are there other best practices just like from a safety security that people should be aware of? Obviously, shouldn't date somebody who reports to you or you report to them. But I think what's trickiest about that is that people move positions in a workplace, right? Like you could start dating someone who's not your boss and then a year in, they become your boss and then you guys have to figure out what you're doing. Things can change. And so that I think is hard. And then I think like the couples that I talked to for the story were definitely very clear about not using company lines of communication for their relationship, obvious, but not flirting over Mm. Slack or email or things like that, that HR could see. And the one thing that I just thought was super cute about some of these couples is that they maybe met during the pandemic or they started at a a workplace during the pandemic, and then they were co-working at each other's places. And they would have to just like the only kind of awkward maneuvering they had to do it was maybe like one person, if they were on a Zoom meeting and they're in the same meeting, like one person did their meeting from outside and one person would do it from inside or something like that. So you're not going like to sit on a couch next to somebody and share the same Zoom account for the same meeting. That would be weird. But these couples found a way to make it work. <laughs> and then what, like one couple in this story, they were adorable and they started, they were working across the country from each other. And then the woman was in LA and she moved to Washington, DC and they continued working together and they started dating when they were both in the same place. And then five or six months into the relationship, the man got a job somewhere else and moved on. Now he's just, they're still together, but they used to work together. And like the workplace is not even an issue really in their relationship. And they never even physically worked in the same office together, which is just wild to me. Like you could date a coworker and actually (laughs) never be in the office with them in this time. Well, that's, I guess, a really slim silver lining. Um, (laughs) This whole experience that we've been through, gosh, you're just a wealth of information, Lisa. I'm like, I want to talk about all of the things because you've covered this heartbeat. I'm going to keep doing that. (laughs) No, I love that. You're so clever. It took me so long to figure out that's what I was doing. I was like, oh my God, during the pandemic, it was like a pandemic epiphany. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm on the heartbeat. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) You've been in this space for so long and you've seen so many trends come and go. What do you think is going to remain constant as we start to move out of this weirdness hopefully Hopefully. that we're in yeah one thing that keeps coming up like the whole pandemic is people really do think the video date is here to stay and i think 
hopefully those will be short. Nobody should be sitting on Zoom for an hour and a half with somebody that they haven't met yet, but just like a quick vibe check. I'm shocked sometimes when we were doing virtual dates on Date Lab and people were like, yeah, we were on for like two, three hours. Oh and I'm like, why? Right. right. <laughs> Save it for later. Right. But it, then that was our only option. And now it's more of a screening process, a filtering process than it is the main date. Wasn't it a little bit strange before that we would just be getting all dressed up, making a plan, perhaps across the city, driving or taking public transit to get there for a while and then sitting with a stranger and having drinks or dinner. There was a lot of time and effort that went into <laughs> meeting somebody and so many first dates you were like, oh my gosh, within five or 10 minutes, I know this is not going anywhere and now I'm here. And I, I know that people are tired mm -hmm. of virtual dates and it doesn't always make sense, but that's something that I was hearing from daters that they are enjoying that pre-screening process. And then I hope people will be more just like, forthright with what they're looking for, what their needs are, how they feel comfortable and safe. That was something that we really had to do during the pandemic. And and those are good skills to have anytime when you're dating. For sure. And I think all of this is interrelated. Like I think the ghosting, partially because people weren't screening. And I felt very much on like this dating rocket ship. As I was saying, <laughs> the, the speed was so fast. I was right. like, how can we slow it down? And now slow dating is a really hot term. I've been talking about slow dating for like 10 years. Really? And I was like, slow it down, pace out your interactions. And people were just like, Zoom, match, like, let's go. People were like, match, boom, let's go right to a date. And I'm like, wait, how do you know that this is going to be worth the time? the makeup, <laughs> the gas or public transportation money. Yeah. It seemed to me very cart before the horse. And so I'm glad that that you're seeing people are continuing to use these tools and continuing to keep things slower. I mean, you also mentioned in the article vulnerability. The first article we talked about, you mentioned vulnerability. And I think vulnerability is so sexy. And I think it's hard for people to know what the line is like what is oversharing <laughs> what is vulnerability right yes that is a really good distinction and I feel like I've been trying to figure that out a lot I have daters and friends asking me that all the time I actually started telling my first date like I was trying to figure out a way to do this and it, it can tie into how was the last year for you you know I started telling dates like yeah you know First year of the pandemic, loneliest time of my life, <laughs> you know, like not in a sad sack kind just of way. It. it was lonely for all of us. And if you can't find a way to talk about that, then. Yeah. And I had one for second date respond to me by saying that. And he just like changed the subject. He was like, anyhow, and like, changed the subject. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I just told you something like huge. That was maybe a stepping stone for you to tell me how the past year was for you. And I guess I could have like actually asked that question instead of whatever. But I was so flabbergasted that he just changed the subject after I revealed this big thing that actually wasn't that big. Like we've all been talking about how loneliness was up during the pandemic and how important human connection is to our mental health. That's like a starting point to talk about these things in general. Who do you lean on when you're having a tough time, right? Like you can kind of figure this out by asking someone or like, what do you do for a friend when you really when you know they're having a tough time and you want to be there for them or vice versa like, what do you really need and I always want to talk to my dates about their 
like social networks, not how many friends they have on Facebook or things like that. But I want to (laughs) know that they have other strong connections in their life and they're not just like looking for a partner to fill all of that. So I'm always trying to figure out ways to get that information and like also bond as a human who we've all been through. I think about the thing about the pandemic is like individual people's pandemics have been like different, but we have to some extent, a lot of what we've been through is collective difficulty and that's rare. Usually people have private things that they Mm. are dealing with that, that other people don't necessarily understand or can relate to. And this was something that we all experienced in difficult ways and hopefully should be a way that we can like bond over that in some way and also talk about like the good things going forward like I think like the vulnerability piece that's hard is you don't want to be like a Debbie Downer on a first date too you know right right but you bring up such a great point yeah do you have thoughts on how to be vulnerable without oversharing because I think that is a real struggle for people I look at vulnerability is something that you share without expectation of an outcome. Hmm. And I think sometimes when people are oversharing, it's more like, let me dump all my crap here and Mm. see if you're okay with it. And then it's like almost an obstacle or hurdle. And if you clear the hurdle, then you're in. Hmm. And if we could just reframe that as like, just like you said, Lisa, this is a share, personal share, because I'm looking to have a human experience and connection. And it's such a good point that you made that the the thing about the pandemic is it's globally unifying. It's something that we all experienced and we experienced in different ways. And I can see that some one person's vulnerability is another person's overshare. And right. that probably was quite illuminating to see that person wasn't able to go there, only wanted to keep it on like upbeat surface right. level conversation and couldn't have that emotive, deep experience that you were looking for. That probably told you something yeah. about what the experience would be like with that person. So I think it's different for everyone. How much do you share? But if you come at it from the perspective of I'm sharing this because I'm having a human experience and want to connect with another human, I think that will guide folks better than like, I have all this stuff. What are you going to do with it? Which is the way I think sometimes we look at it subconsciously. Yeah. I mean, I also Mm -hmm. have thought a lot about pacing out that vulnerability, right? Like you don't need to share everything with somebody you just met, just like you don't, you're, it's a way of going slow, like emotionally going slow, right? Like you don't necessarily want to trust a stranger with all your deep, dark secrets and thoughts. That's why I sort of chafe at the suggestion that like, we should do the 36 questions to fall in love on like a first or second date. And I'm just like, whoa, hey, I don't know that everybody needs to know your thoughts on how you think you will die. (laughs) When they just met you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with icebreaker questions instead. Yeah. And the other thing, I say this on the show a lot, but I think it bears repeating that people have to earn information about you. Mm. They have to earn your story. Not everybody has proven that they can handle all of your experiences and all of your stuff. So I think if you are getting to know them slowly over time and you're seeing like, I can be vulnerable, I can trust and you, like you said, pace out that vulnerability, it'll feel more authentic and safer for you because it's not just like, 
blah, what are you going to do with it? It's okay, I can trust this person with a little bit and a little bit and a little bit more. And then hopefully, hopefully, unlike some of the experiences you talked about earlier, that person is willing to then share their vulnerable moments. And I think that's what really builds connection, especially at this point in the world that we're at. That's really what we need. We need human connection in one form or another. So hopefully it's in love, but it can also be in friendship, in work relationships. It it could be from a lot of different places. And I think it's good to remember that too, if any folks listening are still looking for their person, that this vulnerability can happen in a lot of different places. Thank you so much for being here, Lisa. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Y'all need to follow Lisa on Twitter at Lisa, L-I-S-A, Bonos, B-O-N-O-S, for all the latest updates on the world of dating. Plus, you can be one of the people that she interviews for one of her upcoming articles. But you got to get in the know. Follow her on Twitter. I will be right back in a moment to answer your dating questions. And dear Demona, we have some really, really thought-provoking ones today. When is it okay to ghost someone? What are the rules? And safe spaces for women to date if you're worried about getting fetishized. Ooh, stick around. Welcome back, lovers. Get ready for an intense dating dilemma, problem-solving sesh. This is dear Demona. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. This comes to us from a listener named Lauren. She says, I finally decided to walk away from a manipulative person. Turns out my intuition was right and he has been messing around. Should I ghost him or give him the respect of saying I'm done? He didn't give me that respect before he had this other girl in his car. I don't want to become callous with men, but how do I gain the ability to be the strong one without feeling hurt? First of all, Lauren, I'm really sorry that this happened to you. It is not okay under any circumstances for someone to abuse your trust and your faith in them. So first of all, you just have to acknowledge this is not your fault. On top of that, I also want to acknowledge that this is not behavior that you should expect just because it happened. And this is a very challenging thing to unpack and rewrite when it has happened to you because we are a product of our experiences. And if we have a situation where our trust has been broken, then we're going to automatically build up our armor so that the next relationship that we go into, that person has to clear an even higher bar to receive our trust. And there's plenty of episodes I have on breakup recovery and recovering from infidelity. I won't go too deep into it today because I really want to address your core question. Should I ghost him or give him the respect of saying I'm done? My feeling with my empathetic dating philosophy is that you should always treat others the way that you expect to be treated, even if they didn't step up to that level themselves. It makes sense to keep your side of the street clean because you will gain more dignity, self-respect, and good karma by being the bigger person here. So he probably already knows this is coming. This is not a surprise to him. It sounds like, I don't know if you caught him with the other girl, or you heard, or he, look, he knows. He knows he's been doing this. He's probably just been creeping around since you suspected this for a long time. 
He's been creeping around just like waiting, waiting to get caught. Some people actually get a thrill out of this, Lauren. I know it's crazy to think that. Some people, their ego is really fueled by this. And some people are looking for an exit strategy and don't have the confidence to speak their mind. You are not one of those people. So what I would say is just be very direct and say that the relationship is over. Obviously, he knew that when he started dating somebody else. And just draw a very hard line, Lauren, because the thing that I worry about is people like this also tend to be very good at manipulation. And I would hate for him to come back and give you all of the excuses and all of the reasons why you should stay together, why you should forgive him, why this was not even happening in the first place, why you were crazy because you were he she was just a friend and he wasn't even trying to do anything with her. And you know what you know. So you got to stick with your convictions and draw a hard line. Tell him what your boundaries and rules are. I would say you should not have contact with him unless you have like kids together, property together, some reason where you have to communicate with him going forward and let him know that you have more self-respect than to stay in this relationship. And you deserve someone who's going to be 100% committed to you, who's going to be 100% honest with you. And this guy is not it. This one comes to us from a listener named V. She has two questions. Number one, I've always been plus size and self-conscious about my weight, especially after quarantine. I'm feeling kind of ready to get back out there after a breakup last June, but I'm struggling with being bigger than I was before. I know there are a few apps that are specifically for curvier or larger women, but I'm afraid of fetishization. I already deal with that as a woman of color. Are you familiar with these apps? Could you make a recommendation for the best one? Okay, so aside from, as we talked earlier in the dating dish, like how long does it take to fall in love? My next most asked question is, what's the best dating app for me? So I'll take you back to basics. I'm sorry for those who've heard this before as a refresher. The best dating app for you is the dating app that you like using and you get matches that you want on. So I believe in being on at least two apps at the same time. I think three can be too many, especially if you're feeling kind of nervous, you haven't really figured out your online dating system, you want to ease into it. So start with one, then maybe add two. I would start with a more general app. So you have a bigger dating pool. The challenge with the niche apps is that the pool is smaller. So people a lot of times will be like, I'm on these niche apps where, you know, everyone fits that criteria of being open to dating someone bigger or being open to dating someone of your culture or religion or race or whatever the niche is, farmers. (laughs) And that means that you're going to then have already a pre-selected pool. So I like to start with a general app. I don't know, maybe, okay, Cupid. I don't know, you do you. And then you have to just be authentic and honest about what you look like, who you are, what you bring to the table in a relationship, what you're looking for. And there are definitely going to be some people who are going to fetishize you. Sure. There are all kinds of fetishists out there. That was a very hard word for me to say, by the way. But you don't want to get caught up with that. Because if we start not opening ourselves up because of fear of anything, being fetishized, being rejected, any kind of fear is going to keep you from living your 
best life, right? So we're not going to worry about the fetishists, but we are going to block them and report them depending on how appropriate or inappropriate their behavior is. Okay. So we're not worrying about that because you're looking for a relationship. You're not looking for a fetishist. So you're going to say that in your profile. You're going to have a full body shot because there are people that are going to say, I'm into this. I'm into her. And if you are honest about who you are and you're honest about what you look like, even though girlfriend, I hear you, I hear you so much on the self-consciousness about weight. I feel this often myself. And I hear this from a lot of clients that are all different sizes. This is something that media, that culture has ingrained in us from the time we were little girls. And we don't have enough time left in the show for me to (laughs) unpack all of that today. But you are who you are. You do not need to change anything about yourself to be dateable, to be lovable. And if you present yourself in an authentic way, then you know that the people who show up for you are there because they are authentically interested in you. So none of this, like, I'll just wait and lose a couple pounds and then I'll feel more confident and go back on the apps. You know that my tagline on my website is love as you are. That means love in your current form, give love and receive love. So there's no space for the self-consciousness because we're not focusing on the people who are going to judge us for whatever you may have gained through quarantine. And trust me, honey, it's a lot of people that gained during quarantine. So we're not focusing on those people. We're focusing on the people who see the true human that you are and see all of your beauty and aren't focused on those 10, 15, 20 pounds that we are fixated on. They see you as the beautiful human that you are. Look, I know everyone is coming out of quarantine when we've been siloed and able to hide behind Zoom. And now we're having to enter where people can see us in three dimensions. And even I'm kind of freaking out about doing this on television when I've been doing this all behind the screen and behind the mic. So I am right there with you. If you want some tips on how to improve your body positivity and body image, You can go back to one of our episodes from last season where I interviewed Veronica Grant. It's called Body Image and the Sussex Situation, and that might help you boost your self-confidence and get ready to get back out there and date. All right, y'all, that is episode 374 of Dates and Mates. Make sure you follow Lisa Bonos on Twitter at Lisa Bonos, B-O-N-O-S. And check out all of her great Washington Post articles. We will put the link in the show notes to those recent articles that we discussed. And a special shout out to the winners of our season nine premiere giveaway. Woohoo! Leah, Cassandra, and Francis, you are our big winners. Kudos to you. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for sharing the show. Thanks to everyone who entered. And even if you missed the giveaway, you can still get your profile on point with me by getting a free copy of my profile starter kit. You can request your instant download of the kit at datesandmates.com. 
I'd love to hear from you on the socials. You can hit me up at Damona Hoffman with your dating question. Send me a DM. Put your voice memo right in there. I love to hear your voices. I love to answer your questions. And I love to know how I can help you in love. We'll be back again next week with another awesome episode of Dates and Mates. Until then, I wish you happy dating.